Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You're listening to This Little Light, a podcast about falling in love with music, hosted by me, Flea, and produced by Cadence 13 and Parallel. Today's guest is singer, songwriter, and actress, Cynthia Arrivo. I've always just loved the work, which is why it didn't bother me when I had to do backing vocals. I was like, I will do the best backing vocals you will ever hear. It's never about proving to everyone, look at what I can do. It really is just, how can I make this piece of art the best piece of art I can make it? This is my favorite podcast that I've done. Cynthia was able to articulate the feelings of falling in love with music more than anyone I've ever spoken to in my life. It was an absolute joy for me to talk to her. It was an inspiration, music and light, and everything that is beautiful about music absolutely pours through her entire being. And you can hear it all in her voice. Her journey, being a kid in the UK and finding her voice as a singer, all the things that awakened her upon her way that led her to do so much, whether it's playing Aretha Franklin in the TV series about Aretha, starring in Broadway plays and winning Tonys. It's just an amazing story. She's an amazing human being. And uh, I'm honored to speak with Cynthia today. I hope you enjoy it. Can you hear me? I hear you. What's up, Cynthia? Hey, hey. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, Flea, how are you? Great. I did. And whenever the times that I've seen you, I just get happy that we both have a gap in our front teeth. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yours is like awesome. It. I've always wanted mine to be bigger. Yeah. Well, mine's kind of grown. As I've gotten older, it gets bigger. Yeah. It's so yeah. cool, though. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel like we're kindred spirits. We are. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yay. Yeah, really <laughs> sweet of you. Generous and kind. Thank you. So I'm going to get right into it. Yeah. So the idea of this podcast, you know, I'm doing the whole thing is to benefit my nonprofit music school, the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music. That's cool. But the idea is just to talk to different people specifically yeah. about music education. Yeah. And, you know, how they fell in love with music and their process of learning. And everyone's voyage and everyone's journey is so it's different. It's slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, like wildly different, you know, yeah. but nevertheless profound, you know. Yeah. So I guess, like, I'd like to start with, you know, when you first became aware of music when you were little and, like, what the first, I guess, your first memories of music and it touching yeah. you and 
doing something to you, like what what that was? Yeah, I think there are like two things. So there's that there's the moment when I realized that I could sing, and then there's the moment that I think I just remember hearing music in my house all the time. Um, my mom's Nigerian, and so. I was lucky to like hear loads of different things because, but she was Nigerian born in the fifties and then grow. She grew up sixties and seventies. So all of the music that we would hear in the house. And I think my earliest memory of like hearing music is probably around maybe four or remembering what it felt like. We would go to these Nigerian sort of gatherings, parties, and I would always hear traditional Nigerian music and new artists. It's when I first sort of became aware of artists like Fela Kuti just because he would be played. It would be one of the favorite pieces. Or there's a, an artist called Peter Shino, and that would always be played at every gathering. And then I would be at home. And as I got older, my mum, I don't think my mum ever didn't play the radio. So when she was cooking, she would play the radio. It would be on in the background. Or she would have a record player, LPs. She would have those. And we'd have like this record player um caddy i guess it was wood i remember it i think she still has it it was made of wood and in it there was a diana ross album there was a bob marley record i think it was a carolyn baker i think the name of the singer was and something else i just remember her listening to so many different types of music and that carried on in the car so when she would take us to school she would put on this radio station called magic fm and Magic FM would play everything. I mean, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, Mike and the Mechanics, Red Hot Chili Peppers, everything. Annie Lennox, Kate Bush. And so I fell in love, not just with a type of music, but music as a whole. Just the way you could make sound and tell stories. And I remember vividly we were in the car one time and in the living years by mike and the mechanics came on and i remember for some reason that like getting me in my my chest because it was the first time that i'd like listened to the words and i remember thinking how amazing it is to be able to tell a story using song using melody and i don't know that it was more complicated for for me than that. Was it like that? Because I remember having a similar awakening at a certain, like kind of later time in my life after I'd yeah. already been playing music, but like I just loved music because it made me feel good. But there was a yeah. certain point when I realized like, oh, this is the theme of your heart. Like yeah. you can tell the story of who you are. You are. Like yeah. I remember once like I was a kid, it was late at night and I got on a bus and I used to take the bus and hitchhike all around town. I was like a street kid. I just went wherever. Yeah. But these kids got on the bus and they were like gangsters. Yeah, And I was, I was kind of scared of them because it was mm -hmm. late night. I was by myself and there were like five dudes and they were high. And they, but they got on and one of them was singing this song. And, and he was a beautiful singer. This, and he was singing a high yeah. falsetto voice. And I know now it was an old P-Funk song, right? That's but he cool. was singing it. And I, and I remember like all of a sudden I wasn't scared of them anymore. I was like, oh, yeah, they like music. Yeah, because it was humanity. And, but also like it dawned on me, this is his song. Yeah. Like this is his, like, you know, like a fighter has a theme or a person yeah. has like the, and it's like, he's defining his place in the world. I said, this gives people a home. It gives, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like yeah. your voice, your identity. Anyways, yeah. I just, was it like that kind of, cause I just remember having yeah, that awakening. Yeah, no, it, you know, I love that you put it that way because it does kind of, it makes you belong, you know, like yeah. that, finding that sort of sound, finding the connection to that sound. I keep wanting to say it makes you feel like you've landed. 
it's like your feet feel like they're on the ground. It feels like you're, you're, I don't even know how to describe it, but it feels like you're. You think it's connected to yourself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just recognized it so vividly and I don't, I'm not even sure that I had decided that I really, really wanted to sing. I really wanted to be a musician. I just loved it. I just loved how I felt when I heard it. And I loved that I was listening to people's hearts and souls and I was feeling connected to all of that. Yeah. That's so cool. I think like everybody has that feeling where you realize the magic of it and it up whether you're a kid and you're able to articulate it or not. Yeah. But it uplifts you in a way that nothing else can. Yeah. And I really liked what you were talking about, that you heard such a variety of music and that you didn't like, I think it's like kind of a, an adult thing to do, which is to yeah. categorize it all into like, yeah. well, it's Nigerian music, so here's my Afro beat, here's my disco yeah. music, here's my jazz, here's my whatever. But it's just music when you're a kid. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I had a similar thing, like, I, my mom married a jazz musician when I was like seven years old, left my dad, and all of a sudden I was hearing like bebop, you know, like Charlie yeah. Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, yeah, Thornier, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was the most sophisticated music, but it just gave me joy. Like I would roll around on the floor right. when they were playing and be all happy, but then I'd hear like, you know, the Beatles or James Brown, and it wasn't different to me. No. It was more music, you know, yeah. some had a story, yeah. some was just a sound journey. But I didn't even separate it you out. You don't compartmentalize just, it. You just sort of, it's sound and it's music and it's melody and it feels good. And that's, it. it's sort of it. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so after that time, like when you fell in love with music and it started making you feel good, at what point did you think like, ooh, I want to try to make music? And when you had that feeling, was it a conscious feeling or did you just roll into it and right away was it like I want to sing it was never like oh I want to play the flute or you know the drums or something so the first time I knew I could make some sort of sound that was pleasurable to people's ears and I say it like that because when you're five you don't necessarily know that you are singing in tune you just know that the thing that you've done with the sound that you make has made people happy that was the first time that I was consciously like whatever that is I will keep doing I think it was when I was around 11 or 12 that I realized I could sing in tune and I could make sounds that I had heard before. And this is about the same time Brandy was around. Brandy and Monica, I remember The Boy Is Mine came out and everybody was crazy about it. It was sort of at the same time as TLC. So everyone on the playground was sort of like getting themselves into little groups. And I was in a little group and I, we did like a version of The Boy Is Mine. And I just remember not just enjoying being able to sing, but enjoying the fact that people wanted to listen and yeah. wanted to hear it. And what about the, the communal aspect of like being with people and doing being it together? Like yeah. That. So like that, knowing that that would bring people together in, and in the same space, I think sort of began the addiction to music that I have, because then I just sort of searched for it wherever I could find it. At first it was like, do I, I want to sing? And then I discovered what musicals were and I thought I can do that as well. I can, I can sing and act and that, that will bring people. And then my secondary school, which is high school, would do concerts every sort of year where they would do massive choral pieces. And the sound of all those voices together with an orchestra. And the thing is, it's a kid's orchestra. So to me, as, like if you're an adult that knows what an orchestra sounds like, to them, probably this was just a nightmare. But to <laughs> me, it was an absolute 
my mind was blown that the kids at school, we could make that sound. We could make this sound. There's a piece, it's by John Rutter, it's the Rutter Requiem. And we would do the entire movement, beginning to the end. And then I was asked to sing a piece called P.A. Yesu. Not the P.A. Yesu that most people know, but from this particular uh, requiem. And I was in total bliss because I had to use my voice in a completely different way that I didn't even know I had. But my music teacher happened to just, you, you can do this. Let's try and do this. And I just remember feeling like there was just light everywhere because I had never experienced this kind of sound coming from my body. I'd never experienced hearing the sound in this way. And so I just, I was gobbling up music and melody wherever I could, wherever I could find it, I was trying to find it. So I did play an instrument. I played the clarinet and was in love with it, was in love with it. I, I remember we used to do grades for our, our instruments and I was just trying to do as many grades as I possibly could. And I remember we, my orchestra teacher uh, had us learning Rhapsody in Blue. And, and I just, the idea again that this, this inanimate object could make sound just excited me completely. And, and I was greedy and I wanted, to, I wanted to learn the viola and I wanted to learn the soprano saxophone because then I realized the soprano saxophone is the same notation as a recorder and the recorder can, I was just picking up and soaking up no. as much as I possibly could. And I wasn't refining it. I just, I just was consuming it. Yeah. And that feeling of sitting with your voice and finding, oh, wow, I'm expressing myself in this way. Like yeah. in that piece you were talking about, I don't know it, forgive me, but, but like, and you're finding sounds that you never found before. Like what a thrilling feeling. Right. Your whole body is vibrating this, this thing that you never felt before. Right. What, there's nothing better. Like you grow up and there's nothing, you never find anything better. No, you know, and whether you're playing the saxophone, the viola, whatever it is, the clarinet, like that time by yourself, just yeah. making sound, yeah, knowing yourself in that way, and connecting with yourself, and yeah. making, you know, just vibrating. Like I feel like that's one of the greatest lessons that any human being can learn, you know, yeah. and like surrendering to the creative process like that, yeah. like that joy. And it stays with you forever. Like the curiosity and the amount of things that you can learn are infinite. Like it's a lifetime of meaning and purpose. It's, and, and so w when you talk about um, your, your teacher, and that's yeah. just like kind of go, you know, into high school because you went yeah. from five to high school. Yeah. So were those your first educational experiences were with like your school teachers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were. And I'm really grateful for it. I'm really grateful for them. Because they, they never minimized what I could learn. I was always able to, if I wanted to learn it, I could learn it. I yeah. think they just saw the curiosity in me. They saw the passion for it and, and the want to learn it, the want to inhabit the sound wherever I could. Yeah. And so they just let me be. And, you know, they gave me the yeah. lessons and they would take, you know, I, you'd have a, I'd have two, uh, two music lessons a week. So I would go and have a private clarinet lesson or I'd sit with, the teacher and work through notation and even now I'm grateful and I'm not fluent in it but I'm grateful to be able to read notes learning that music has its own language was fascinating yeah. to me like this yeah. is a language and you have to learn to to decipher it you know beautiful it just is 
so cool. a wonderful thing to know, whether you know very little or whether you know it completely. It's just that it has its own world. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I love the way they look on the page. I, like yeah. today, I spent the day, I was looking like trying to learn some weather report based stuff. And I, and I, I, I don't, I played trumpet when I was a kid. I wanted yeah. to be a jazz trumpet player, but yeah. I, I read pretty well. I'm bass, I never read because I always, you know, came from a more improvisational place. Yeah. But I love the way that the notes look. I love looking at, I love, I love the notation. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we're back, Cynthia talks about how one production at a local theater inspired her to apply for a job as an usher and first led her to envision a future as a performer. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. So you were in high school. Yeah. And you're singing. You're yeah. playing clarinet. You have school teachers. You're studying privately. You're playing in groups. Yeah. What was your next step, like, education-wise? Um, my next step was so strange. I, I, for some reason, I just didn't know that there was a place that was specifically for the art that I wanted to partake in. So... I went to uni to study music psychology, which at the time wasn't right for me. But now I've done the things that I want to do and I'm I'm in a place where I'm really satisfied with what I've learned and, and I'm excited to learn more. I'm going back to what that was because essentially it's sort of the study of how music affects the person, the, uh, the human and the, the, the mind and the soul and the body. and how those things are connected. But I think I was yearning for a way to learn, to hone the skills I had to create outwardly, to act, to sing and to perform and to entertain. And I wanted to do that. So I went to this university for a year, realized that it wasn't right, went to like a a young actor's course at a small theater in London. And at the same time, I was gigging wherever I could find it. I was doing backing vocals for open mic nights and, you know, going wherever I could. There's a really cool place. Um, is it Ronnie? There's Ronnie Scott's in London. I would do, I would try and go there. There's Pigal that was like a little nightclub that I would go to. I would sing there. I would sing at, the, there's a place called Troy Bar, which would allow anyone to get up and do open mic and sing whatever song they chose. So I was doing as much, again, trying to find as much music access as I possibly could. Until I ended up going to drama school because someone saw something in me and said you should go and train. And I had no idea that that thing even existed mm-hmm. um, until someone said, hey, this exists and you can, you can learn. You can learn the thing right. you want to. 
Yeah. It's so interesting to me because I see you as such a stone cold entertainer, you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like it's it just like, you know how to make the invisible visible. Yeah. Like to this tactile thing that, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that you went instead of going like, okay, I'm going to go, let's go get on the stage and give him a show. Like you went to study music psychology. Was yeah. just, wow. Did, I just wonder, was there a part of you that thought like, well, if it doesn't make us an entertainer, this is a, like an academic way that is might be more like substantial? Was it like at all? Or you just were interested? I just was interested because I don't even yeah. know what I thought I would become if I did that course. I just yeah. knew that I loved music and and I wanted to share it somehow. And I felt like if that existed, if something connected music to the psyche, the mind of a person, then that couldn't be bad. So I, so I just, I took that. And I still, to this day, I think it was really preparing me to be able to go to classes and teach and, and take workshops and work through pieces of music with people and help them connect to it more. Because I, I, to this day, I still love it. I go back to my drama school a lot and and I sit with kids who are who are singing and help them work through pieces to connect the heart body and soul to the the voice yeah. um and I love it it's so beautiful to see when you see a kid like so earnestly like going for it just it just makes me weep every time I, like I go to these you know I have this music school we have 800 kids in there Wow. And every time I go to a recital, I cry. Like, it's just every time. Because when someone, like, it, it's this wonderful want to connect. And when they do, when they discover something that they didn't know they had, it's just so beautiful. It's so wonderful. It, yeah. it makes everything worth it. That you're able to be there watching as someone makes a breakthrough and a connection to something that they love. Yeah, it's just the yearning. And it's like, the hope for humanity is in there. Yeah. The hope for people to be loving bridges to happy lives, you yeah. know? I, um, I, I got to go back a little bit. Was there any time, like as a teenager, or an, any kind of time where you saw someone being a singer or an actor or an entertainer, whatever it was, you're like, I'm going to be like that. They're doing the thing that is absolute magic, and I want to be like them. Did that ever happen? I feel like it happened a couple of times. I remember it was, it was less seeing this person, hearing them. I remember thinking, I, I want to be able to do that. And it was mm. um, Brandy Norwood when her, there was an album called Never Say Never. And I just was obsessed with this album. I remember I wrote her a letter and I got this, the signed album back. I just remember truly being just wrapped up in this album. I just loved how, that, how she sounded. I loved the music. And I thought, I I want to be able to do that one day. I want to be able to do that. And then I remember there was a show. It was called The Harder They Come at Stratford Theatre Royal. I was an usher at this theatre at, the, at this point. I would just do anything to be at that theatre. Stratford Theatre Royal was the closest theatre to where I lived. And I would be there as often as I possibly could un until the point where they were like, do you need a job here? And I was like, yes, I would like a job here. And I remember I had everything from being an usher to being um, someone at the ticket office, to working at the bar. <laughs> I did yeah. everything. And this one time, they brought in a show with The Hard They Come, and I was there every night. And I remember thinking, I want to do that. It was a musical 
set in Jamaica. Was it based on the Jimmy Cliff? Was it based That's on the exactly Jimmy Cliff? It. That's exactly yeah, it. That's the yeah. one. That's it. That's it. And and just listening, many rivers to cross. I was just like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. I just remember thinking, these people are on stage. And to me, they were all superstars. I just was like, they're doing this thing. They're singing. They're telling this story. I felt like I could see myself. I just was like, this is possible. This is, this is possible. And I, wa- I want to do this. So great. It's awesome when you see something. Like for me, and I think for a lot of kids, they yeah. see music and they love it. But it yeah. seems like this magic trick. Like, how could you yes. ever possibly do that? Yes. And then when you actually connect the dots, like, oh, I could do that this way. Yeah. Like, you see something like, okay, I could do that. Yeah. And you go do it. Yeah. Like, like it's possible. You know, yeah. you can not only do it, you could have a job doing it. You could have a career right. doing it. Right. What's really amazing hearing you speak, and I think pretty rare, it seems like every, at every point that you furthered yourself as an artist or went deeper into it, it all seems so healthy, like you're doing because yeah. I love this. And I want to be myself, and it's beautiful, and it makes me feel good, and, and I'm, I'm being a part of a sacred tradition. Like, this is yeah. all awesome in every way. Because a lot of people do it, like, because they're scared to prove themselves, because right. everyone's put them down, and I'll show them, I'm going to, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like out of insecurity, and like I, like, yeah. I have to admit, there's been a part of me as a kid, like, I was a street kid, I was kind of on my own, and I, I was like, fuck the world, I'm going to go, and you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Which can be very motivating, but it's not as healthy. And it takes a while to kind of like get over that and to be like, okay, look, you don't need to validate yourself. Yeah. You don't need it to prove that you're a decent person. Just do it. It's beautiful. Like for me, it's always kind of was both. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sure yeah, it's about and a I, lifetime. The thing is, and that's not to say that I didn't have those moments later on, you know, like drama school will fuck you up uh, because mm. there's so much um, comparison and competition that it feels like, and for me, it really felt like in everyone else's eyes, I was the least likely to succeed. Mm. I later found out that that was not the case. It was the opposite, which is why I was just sort of left to do what I, you know, go about my business doing what I did. They thought I was really efficient, is, is right. what I was told. Um, efficient. Efficient. That's a um, weird word. <laughs> it is a very weird word. It's a very weird word, and I felt weird when I heard it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I hope that the next person who you deem efficient is still given the help that they need when they need it. Being yeah. efficient doesn't mean that they don't want to feel seen or be given help or be given encouragement. Yeah. Those things are really like basic things. Yeah, it's but, almost like accusing you of not being soulful or something. Th- yeah, but it was like you, could, you, you were fine. Every, you didn't need any help. And I just was right, like, uh, but I was working really hard and, and, I, yeah. and I, wanted, I wanted to do well, you know? Yeah. And, I, and it's in this art that I truly, truly love. But apart from that, I've always just loved the work. And, and I've yeah. wanted to be a part of it because I loved it, which is why it didn't bother me when I had to do backing vocals i was like i will do the best backing vocals you will ever yeah. hear and you want me to come and do this open mic night i'll come and do this open mic night and it will be so much fun and we'll make everybody happy to be there and is it i remember we had to do i had to sing at this club called the arts club which is like a private members club where we were just singing songs that already existed and i was like 
I want every single person in here to have the best night of their life. If this is the last time I see these people, then this is what's going to happen. And I just, wherever I could be, if I could be in, be present and in the music and a part of storytelling, I just loved the feeling of being within those moments. Yeah. So it was never really, and it still is like that. It's never, it's never about proving to everyone, look at what I can do. It really is just what, how, how can I make this piece of art the best piece of art I can, I can make it. I just, I love my job, all the facets of it, not just the, the performing, but like being able to share heartbreak and not being perfect about it. I remember I did a concert at the Hollywood Bowl and I sang one of the songs I had written and I was so nervous to sing it because it was my, it's my entire, it's like wearing my heart on my, in the, like giving my heart in the palm of my hand and just going here. Here it is. And I just said, I said to everyone, I'm really nervous. This is like the first, it's the first time I'm singing it. So I'm going to take my time with it. I don't know how it's going to feel. And I could feel my legs shaking. And I thought, how do I get grounded in this moment to be able to share with people? And I just sat on the ground. I sat on the ground and sang this song until I was strong enough to stand. But it's about those moments where music takes you to those places that you are so afraid to be in but because it's there it gives you just that little bit more bit of strength to be able to just move through to the next moment and and let me connect to the root of things yeah and express it yeah and then it's like all the intellectual parts and all the things that you studied and they're all there yeah but you just let go of them and count on them because you did the work and you studied so you can get down to the root of what really matters that's right you know, I, I love it. Yeah. I think, and I remember to this weekend, I had to sing at the Capitol. I had to sing somewhere from West Side Story. And my voice was very, very aspirate. So it's like I'd, I'd lost my voice and it was just about coming back. And in that moment, I had worked with a really wonderful uh, singing teacher. Her name's Joan Lader. And she basically, she tracks me. So she listens to everything I sing. And I sang this and like clockwork, she texted me because I, as I was singing, I was doing sort of mathematics on stage, really working through like the body learning. And this is the wonderful thing about learning music and as a vocalist, learning what your body can give you when you don't have everything you need in your throat. Mm. Again, it's that connection to breath, the connection to the diaphragm how the body can literally create a nice sort of a cocoon for the sound you need to make. Mm. And I was able to move through the music and there was one sort of glitch in the song. And my, and my thing sometimes is I get in my head and I, all I can remember is that glitch. And so I get this text from my, my singing teacher and this is, the, this is the reason why we love our teachers. She texts me, she goes, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> forget about it you still sounded fantastic and I know that you meant every word and that's what matters and I just thought that is actually what is important mm. being able to connect with a person even when they're not there and them yeah. knowing that you mean what you're saying and what and you're them presenting seeing you actually them seeing like you. feeling seen yeah in the, in the context in an educational context yeah 
And in those moments of vulnerability, you find new tools. Exactly. New ways, new colors to paint with. It's amazing. The best. I always say music is the one language that everybody understands. We all might speak very different, lang- like we speak different dialects in it, but we all understand it. After the final break, we hear how Cynthia has trained her ear to be attuned to the rhythm of how people speak and how that informs her approach to performing. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is kind of a tangent, but it's something I've been thinking about mm-hmm. a lot lately, and I can't avoid it. And I wonder, like, with the type of language, and when I think about the musicians who I think about as, like, the most sophisticated, spiritually, cerebrally, yeah. and all these ways, like, like say, like, John Coltrane, you know, yeah. John Coltrane or Bach or yeah. Charlie Parker, like, they were so knowledgeable about the language itself yes. in the most intricate, sophisticated, evolved way. Yeah. And also, but, you know, there's also, of course music that from people who are very not educated in that way, like you know, one chord or one rhythm or whatever, who are able to express themselves equally as profoundly. Aretha. She couldn't read music. Uh, yeah. Aretha or, you know, I could get into like, you know, punk rockers too that could out yeah. tune one chord that makes my heart open, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Aretha, of course, you know. It, she had no idea how to read music. She just, she did, but yet had this weird way of being able to still learn it yeah. by ear. And, and be super evolved musically, too. And be super too, evolved like, with the choices that she would make. Yeah, man. Yeah, and the phrasing, the everything, you know. But I just wonder, and this is just a question, like, do you think the idea can exist without the language? It's something I've been thinking about. Like, <sighs> can an idea of, like, and you kind of answered it just now with Aretha, actually, because I was wondering, like, the thoughts, because I think of, like, John Coltrane, who's my hero, right? Mm-hmm. Could he... Like me and Melody, we got married. We played a Love Supreme and we walked down the aisle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because for me, it's like the highest. Yeah. It's like this is showing, wow, human beings yeah. are capable of being transcendent. You know what I mean? Beyond everything petty. And, yeah. And I wonder if like that kind of yearning and that kind of evolution can happen without a sophisticated language. And I guess it can. What do you think? I think so. I think it can. And yeah. I think it has done for, I think that has existed for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Because before we had language, we had sound. And so in order to communicate, we would use sound, whether it be sound from us or from our bodies or from the earth. That sound already exists. It's whether yeah. or not we can mine the sounds that we have that exist around us to create ideas. Aretha did it all the time and in the most sophisticated way, but still couldn't. If I gave her a sheet of music, she wouldn't know 
one from the other, but still was able to really communicate complex feeling and, and ideas without that language. It's the same as the language we speak. Yeah. I can communicate with a person who is hard of hearing because we have this, we have the idea, we have our faces. I can look at them or someone who cannot see me can feel the way my heart is beating or can feel my hands or can, can make out in, the brain will still create image without seeing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So I think Absolutely. that music still exists without the language. Mm. It's just like, I feel like the language is like an added gift. Yeah. Absolutely. That we can look at. I guess it's just a way of, of articulating yeah. these, all these things you're talking about in a way that can be like, you know, it's you and you're, someone writes a song, the song exists, whether or not they write it down on paper or not. Right, right. I, yeah, I guess I just like, I think about it because just when it gets so complex and like yeah. all these, like anyone, like music is just there in the air and it's up to us to like be open enough and open enough of heart to channel it and let yeah. it come through us, you know? Yeah. And when you, you're someone, so you act and you sing yeah. and you entertain and you touch people's hearts, and you. you yearn to evolve and to be better and to do new things all the time. I, I know yeah. this about you. Yeah. And do you, would say if you're studying for an acting role, right, and the way that you prepare and mm -hmm. learn, like, all the rhythms of who that person is, and mm -hmm. the way, like, I don't know, you know, everyone has different acting techniques, like maybe you, what kind of animal are they? Or what were they doing, you know, what was, you have to invent stuff about them and their childhood or whatever, why they're angry or why they're happy or whatever. Like, is that creative process different than the musically creative process, or is it all just the creative process, or how, do you, how does that work for you? For me, it's all completely interconnected. Because of who I am and what I love, I know I'm connected to music. And so people always ask me, like, how do you learn an accent? And for me, it always sounds strange, but the, the answer is because I learn the rhythm and the tune first. I forget about the words. I can hear the sound and the tune of a person's speech. Or I seek yeah. out the rhythm of how they speak or the rhythm of how they might move. Because that then tells me kind of who they are and how they walk through the world yeah. and there is a music to the way each person walks through the world and there's a music to the way each person speaks there's a music to the way each person moves me as a person I use my hands a lot when I talk but that's a movement there's a flow in it I search for that in each of these characters and then I search for what they want and it's the same when I'm writing music what do I want what do I want to say what do I want the world to know what do I want to share each character has something that they want to say, they want to share, that they want to take, that they're looking for. And so it's about just finding what I would find in music in, in each character. Yeah. So for me, it's really, really connected, really connected. Mm. Do you, like, what is the, like, the technical parts of what you do and what you've learned in the studying of singing? Mm -hmm. How big of a part of that is in your preparation and in your expression and in your writing and all of that as a singer? Is it a big part? Like, do you do, do you do like, well, me, 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 Yeah, no, it is a big part. It is a big part because once I do the work, it frees me up to not even think about it. So, like, I do all the warm-ups. I do all of the exercises. I make sure that my breath work is on point. I make sure that my breathing is there. I make sure that my 
um, my the notations are right, that I can move through the notes really easily. I test everything. And so that when I get on stage, I don't even have to think about it because it's already there. Mm. Um, and it helps it helps me be free enough to express what I'm saying. And even if the breathwork starts off technical, what happens is that breathwork becomes a part of the expression because mm. breath is where we go to connect anyway. Yeah. If we didn't say anything on this entire podcast at all and we just breathe, you would understand what I was feeling. I would understand what you were feeling. We would understand what everyone's because breath is what connects us anyway. Yeah. You know, I've always, you know, growing up and like trying to evolve as a, as a human, mm -hmm. I always like do like spiritual exercises, meditation, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, different ways of working through childhood pain or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, every time, like every spiritual tradition that I study or um, technique for becoming a more connected person and present in the moment, mm -hmm. I always realize like it's all there in the music. Like yeah. when I'm playing music, like even when I was an out of control, like just destructive maniac as a kid, <laughs> when I was playing music, yeah. I was doing all the right thing and it yeah. saved me. It literally, and I say this without any drama or theatrics, yeah. saved my life. Yeah, I was going to jail, or I was going to drug addiction, or I was going. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was headed. It yeah. was, but music. It was like literally every the action of doing it, the connecting with other human beings, doing it, the yearning to like, ooh, I want to get better at this. Yeah, and I and like I'm also finding, and I and I thought about this too when you were speaking. Do you ever find that sometimes like you'll do a performance, yeah. acting performance, music performance? And you're yeah. like, I, I killed it. I just, like, I know I was connected. I was fired. I was firing all cylinders. I felt yeah. it from all different, everything I wanted yeah. was there. And then you'll see it like, okay, it was good. But it was the one where maybe you weren't sure if you did good, but you were yearning so much to transcend where you yeah. were to really get lost in the moment and let the gods yeah. talk through you. But you didn't think you got there and that ends up being the really magic one that ever happened yeah. to you? Yes, it happens a lot. It happens because, it, you know, and you could be, you'd be like, I, that felt really amazing. And then you hear it back and you're like, I did not hit, that's not what I heard. This yeah. is so crazy. And then the one thing, and it's, it, that, that was what the capital fourth was for me. That was what I'm definitely like doing mathematics in my head. I'm, yeah. I don't know if this is going to sound right. And I played yeah. it back and I was like, this is so weird because yeah. I did not, that's not what I heard. And I was sure I was sh like, not hitting the points. I sure I was not like moving in the right direction and I was trying my best, but somehow it's landed there. Yeah. But but I didn't feel that. Yeah, I think it's in the, when you're trying and yearning and not happy with where you are because you're trying yeah. to break free. That yeah. what you call mathematics, I call it pushing rope. Yeah. It's like you can push a rope, it doesn't go anywhere. And you're yeah. in your head trying to and you're like you can't like how do I break free to be the cosmic yeah. you know um, one other question, because I know we have to stop. Yes. Is, and you've kind of given it all already, but this podcast is aimed towards music students. Yes. And towards anyone uh, studying, any, you know, any young musicians studying yes. music, um, any advice that you have for them in being the best that they can be? Um, listen to everything. Be curious. Listen to things that you don't think you might need to. Go pick up Greek music if you want to. Listen to, to Turkish music if you have to. Um, find people that 
that want to connect and to those singers who are who want to write um sometimes it's okay to go well it's always okay to go to the places that scare you a little bit so that you can express those feelings because those those songs are the ones that other people are waiting to hear so that they can also connect uh our job is not just to to entertain and perform our job is to to create and to heal and to connect um and and I think that's the most important thing where we are all special beings that are gifted with something that allows us to connect people and allows us to to help so always have that in the back of your mind when you're creating that the thing you create might help someone that's awesome yeah thank you Cynthia thank you yeah take care of yourself Cynthia thank you you too you too yeah yeah nurture yourself okay see you soon I love you okay, bye love bye. you too thanks so much I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Cynthia. As always, thank you for listening to This Little Light, a podcast that exists to benefit the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music, a nonprofit music school based in Los Angeles, California. This Little Light is a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Flea, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and parallel partners Ken Cow, Nicholas Gonda, and me, Jocelyn Florence. The show's lead producer is Julia Smith, with engineering by Ryan Martz. Our show's original theme music is composed by Flea himself. Special thanks to Chris LaSalle, Alex Barron, Ian Turner, and Jennifer Ray and her entire team at the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music. Listen and follow This Little Light, a presentation of Cadence 13, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>